this episode, we'll be learning more about happiness and full heart living from a senior happiness hero. He is the best-selling author, psychologist, and life coach with over 30 years of experience. Welcome to the show, Tom. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Toby. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm super excited to be speaking with you. And I'm feeling so much happy right now to learn you know from you and also learning about happiness and full out living that's that's wonderful i'm just looking forward to this conversation <laughs> thank you so much for making the time out to be here uh, you're welcome and i'll tell you it always goes both ways so i am your student as well i i'm learning <laughs> too <laughs> well me more from you than you from me well <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll we'll see we'll see yeah, yeah. we'll check in about that later yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes yes we'll, we'll find out about that before the end of this conversation but yes I, but i just love us you know kick off i know you have a lot of book you have a book you have books out there and you also have a phone game out there it's all available on amazon um, but i'll just love us you know maybe you know warm up a little bit with a fun game of yours uh, which you is entitled full art living conversation sparks so would you like you know like to guide us through this game absolutely so this is a game of connection so as we go both you and i will be kind of noticing how connected we feel to ourselves and to each other as we do it. And listeners, you might do this as well. How connected do you feel to the two of us as uh, we go through this activity? And I might acknowledge too, Toby, this is brave of you because you don't know what's coming. No. You, this, this t it takes a little courage to do this. And I, I just want to acknowledge and honor that. It's not a huge risk, I don't yeah. think, but it, it is a somewhat it takes a little bit of vulnerability right? and it just is worth naming that because we don't know each other we we just met a few minutes ago that's true yeah yeah so uh, i so appreciate your willingness to do this so what's going to happen is i'm going to provide what I'm, i call a conversation spark or you know it's like a prompt Mm -hmm. And uh, you will respond. And you, again, for the listeners, Toby does not know what this prompt is. <laughs> <laughs> so this is truly spontaneous. Mm -hmm. And you just respond from your heart, whatever comes to you in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I'll put a timer on and you'll have about two minutes. And you just respond to this conversation spark. And I'm going to be listening from my heart. So you're speaking from your heart and I'm listening from my heart. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening specifically for themes and values. So, so I'm going to try to distill what I hear you say down to a couple sentences, words, phrases, and I'm going to be listening for what seems to be important to you. And I'm going to feed all this back to you. So after you're done, after your two minutes, I'll have about two minutes to say, you know, from what I heard, what's important to you is this. And this seems to be a story about that. Okay, so that it's that simple. And then we'll check in with each other about how that went and how connected we felt to ourselves and yeah. the other person. That's in a nutshell. Right. Uh, it's a game of active listening okay. and of uh, speaking from the heart. So without yeah. further ado, unless there's any questions, Toby, about what we're doing. No, let's just get into it. <laughs> let's start okay. it. Okay, Toby. Yeah. Yes. The conversation spark is this. Talk about a time you felt the most alive and why. Hmm. The time I felt the most alive. 
Wow, that's a deep question. <laughs> um, that must be. Oh, I I believe that's going to be like maybe reuniting with my family. Basically, um, I'm far away from home, and um, anytime I get to meet with my family during Christmas, those very f- first few days are always very wonderful, and they make me feel alive. They make me feel great, basically, and that's because you know I miss them so much, and um, over the years i get um over the months basically i get to think about them a lot or maybe talk to them only on phone but then seeing them and seeing that everyone's doing fine makes me just feel alive hi friend are you enjoying this episode we would love to hear from you kindly send us a feedback are you following us on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts? maybe on YouTube and other podcast platforms. Are you following us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook? We would love to connect with you on all platforms. Links and further details are available in the show notes of this episode. Thank you. And anything more, uh, because you still have more than a minute, (laughs) <laughs> is there anything more about what that's like that that brings you so alive anything more that happens when you're with your family hmm. anything more that happens yeah i mean what else makes me feel alive with that together is um we I always get to see them at the end of the year and um i get to see how far they've come through the year since they've achieved and also things I've achieved, like us being separated and then coming together and seeing my dad, you know, doing the things he has done over the year. And my mom also, my siblings also, and myself coming and saying, oh, I was able to do this, I was able to do that. We didn't see each other for a long period of time, but we are not where we were the last time we met each other. That makes me really feel alive, like um, s- setting goals and achieving those goals and coming together as a family to celebrate um, the little achievements or the big achievements makes me come alive. Yeah, got it. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to check my timer here. I'm going to give myself two minutes to feedback what I heard uh, about themes and values. So to me, this is very much a story about, and you use the word celebrate, and that word came to me even before I heard you say it out loud. To me, (laughs) this is a story about celebration. It's about uh, noticing even small changes and accomplishments that these people who you clearly absolutely adore this is your family this is you know i like to use the word tribe right because this is so important and we'll get into this later that we all have and i just learned earlier this week to to use that word with a plural we all need tribes Mm -hmm. we need groups of people that we can go to that we feel safe and accepted. And that this is what you're talking about, your, your family, who you don't see very often. You live very far. And uh, you so look for, you miss them terribly when uh, you're apart. And uh, to be together, uh, it just fills your, your, your body, I think, with warmth and joy. And it's both, I think, if I got it correctly, that now I may be extrapolating a little bit more. Um, it's being in their presence and what you talked about in the second part of comparing, oh, this is where we were then, and now celebrating together. 
So that's another really essential component in happiness is having people who see us and that we see them. Yes. And making that explicit. That's what you do when you come together. And maybe it's in part, Toby, a function of the fact that you don't see each other very often. You may even do it more. <laughs> like it's easy to take for granted and not do these things as much when we see people more regularly. There's something about being apart for extended periods. Oh, do you hear the timer? Yes, yes. I'll just finish that statement. Something about being apart for extended times that can really heighten our appreciation for people. So let me first check in, um, kind of like what was that like for you on both sides, speaking and listening to uh, responding to the prompt and listening to my kind of summary of themes and values? Oh, I think it's, um, it shows that you, you listened and not just listened, but also you're able to like connect to what I was trying to say or what I said actually, and you were able to bring out some insight out of it. <laughs> yes, yes, right. Yes. And yeah. I felt connected to you. You exposed yourself. You, you told me how important your family was, and I could imagine these reunions. Mm. and yeah. of course we can't when we hear stories like this we can't help but be reminded of our own experiences mm. so of course you know i can relate to it and uh, that's the way i connect to myself in listening to your story yeah oh, that's good awesome that's good yeah <laughs> so in a nutshell that is so i'll show the, the, the product now this is um the game mm -hmm. um it's called Full Heart Living Conversation Sparks. It includes all the instructions that I went through and reminders of how to listen actively. Because basically what I was doing was listening really actively mm -hmm. to you. And then I gave you a summary of what I heard. And I didn't just say, Toby, this is what your story was about. Mm -hmm. I said, from what I heard, I, I took ownership for it. That's an important piece because no one can really tell someone else what their themes or values are. Um, it's all through our own filters and in case we're a little off and, um, here's the thing though, I've done this hundreds, perhaps thousands of times, um, on both sides. And I've never found anybody who said you were wrong when giving the feedback, like everyone has at least a portion mm -hmm. of the story. And sometimes if somebody is a little off, it gives the list or the speaker a chance to say, well, sort of, but really what I meant was this and then they can go deeper deeper yes yeah. and then the other thing so don't be afraid to just take a stab mm -hmm. the other thing i want to point out is that I, I i i chose themes and values for specific reasons so when people have their values reflected back they feel more deeply seen and this so fits with your story because your story very much was about in my eyes being seen and seeing others. Mm -hmm. And that is deeply connecting. And this is what I learned through this whole project is that happier people connect really deeply with others first. And that is seeing them and being seen yeah. and themselves. They connect deeply with themselves, which is why I developed this uh, game and is to help people do that because, mm -hmm. because I very quickly discovered that people either never learned or have sort of forgotten in modern life. We're so busy in Western society. 
getting things done, you know, making a living, taking care of other people. Um, we can forget how important these simple things are. Clearly, Toby, you have not, you have not forgotten this. This, you, you do this, I can tell uh, really well from your story. But let me pause here and just check in with you. How is all this uh, landing with you? Yeah. Of course, it's, it's landed well. I'm, I'm um, thinking about, oh, this game, where has it been on my life? Because it's going to be something that would be nice to play with, like, you know, loved ones, with friends or with family, also to, to have that deep conversations with them, basically. Right. So. Well, and here's the thing, Toby. So, again, I've gone around the country mm. uh, and, and led people through this activity. And, and now with podcasts, I'm doing it, you know, virtually as well. Yeah. And so s sometimes people get paired with a loved one mm. and sometimes they get paired with a stranger mm. and it's great either way. And I, I've had this experience myself when I did it with my own husband, mm. uh, with our couples group, I assumed Two things. I assumed that I knew in advance how I would respond because I developed all these questions, right? Based on my book, I developed the questions. Number two, I assumed I knew what Greg would say because we've been together almost 30 years. Yeah. I was wrong on both counts. On both counts, I couldn't anticipate what I would say. In the moment, you know, I would discover new things as I was speaking and as I was listening. I discovered new th things from my partner of almost 30 years. Wow. And I know, it's amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. And then uh, when people are paired with strangers, not infrequently, people are moved to tears because yeah. someone they don't know from Adam or Eve hmm. sees them so quickly. A stranger picks up on something in these two minutes. And they feel so seen. And it's sort of a, it's sort of a mixed thing. It's kind of um, a sad testament to how little we are seen. Yeah. But it also speaks to how much we do need experiences like this in this mm. modern age. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. You, you are totally right. That's, that's very valid. Yeah. I'll, um, Tom, I would just love to know the inspiration behind this wonderful gift that you're giving to the world. Like what's... Yes. Inspired you? What motivated you to to write a book and also to come up with a game? What was the idea behind it? What was the force? It. Yeah. So the book, I'll show the book too now. So the book is called Full Heart Living: Conversations with the Happiest People I Know. Mm -hmm. And um, this was born out of the unhappiest period of my adult life. Toby is the truth. So I. Um, I had my dream job. I loved my job. I, um, every now and then in any job, right, we have bad days and good days, but basically most mornings I couldn't wait to get up and go to work every day. So I, I was senior counseling psychologist at uh, college. So I got to do the individual one-on-one -on -one psychotherapy and coaching work that I love. I also got to teach, which another is another passion of mine and not just, just teach kind of academically or, I got to teach wellness promotion activities, so things that are dear to my heart, and uh, present them in really creative ways. So I, I, I just, oh, and I got to train the resident advisors and the orientation leaders, all things I'm passionate about. So I was going to retire at this job. I was very attached to my job because I loved it so much. 
everything changed when a coworker showed up after seven years on this job and this coworker despised me. Um, and uh, we repaired very regularly. I, it was a very small staff. I couldn't avoid this person. <clears throat> and this person had more power than I did. This, this person controlled the budget and the scheduling and um, they undermined me uh, and just made my life miserable. Uh, and I tried everything I could to make it work with this person. For three years, I kept trying. Hmm. And um, nothing was working. And I got depressed because I was losing my, hmm. what had been my passion. Half my job was still really fun, the individual work. But that other half was so not fun anymore. Hmm. Um, and so finally, I, I, I had to quit my job. So I, I gave up my dream job. Uh, in the midst of my depression, I noticed really happy people and like, uh, and everyday ordinary people. I'm not talking celebrities or billionaires or even millionaires. I'm talking people like you or me or the listener, mm. everyday people. <clears throat> and it just snowballed into this uh, video project because I just got curious and I started asking questions. And then I, I videotaped people and, and the... Um, the, I call them documentaries, they're just videotaped interviews, but edited well of uh, these happiest people I know. They are available, by the way, on my website, fullheartliving.com. So you, anybody can see those if you like. Or, and um, the first day of filming, Toby, was one of the happiest days of my life. I just had so much fun talking with happier people about what makes them tick. I go, oh, that's what I want to write about. So, Because I had known for years that someday I would write a book. It just kept coming to me, like one of those intuitive knowings. I'm going to write a book someday. I'm going to write a book someday. Yeah, I'm going to write. So anyhow, <laughs> that's how the book was born. Yeah. And um, after it was published, I started doing um, public speaking gigs. And I, they were sort of traditional. Initially, they were traditional um, book launch events where I read from my book. I talked about what I learned from it. I talked about the inspiration. Um, and I was hoping to inspire people because what I learned is to happier people connect deeply. And I've said some of this already, happier people connect with other people really well. Mm -hmm. They connect with themselves and we can talk about what all these mean a little bit more in a few moments. Mm -hmm. Happier people connect uh, with their passions and they do all those things in the service of others. So I would talk about all that. And I would say, at the end, I hope I've inspired you to connect more deeply with other people and yourselves. And what do you imagine, Toby, people would do when I would end my talks that way? Oh, they'll be happy. I'm good. Yeah. You would think so. And you'd think they would do it. But they didn't know how. So mm -hmm. I, I talked about it. But I did. I wasn't telling them how to do it enough. That's when I changed my public speech, speaking gigs into these experiential activities where I took them through the process you and I went through, and uh -huh. then I developed the product. Oh, that's very smart. That's very, very smart. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And how would you advise people out there, for example, who want to get to the game and, you know, get into that really deep conversation? Like, how would you advise them to, you know, play the game effectively, act, listening actively and listening also with their art or also speak from their art so that they can be able to really get the best out of it. 
Well, the ins the basic instructions are included, of course, mm. with the cards. Um, uh, you'll remember I started by saying, Toby, you, that you were taking a risk, that you were being vulnerable. Mm. So I did that for a specific reason. It's to, it's to name it, to honor it, to, in, to reinforce it, mm. and to invite you to be vulnerable, right? It's it does, just that simple statement has all of that in it. So mm. so start with vulnerability. Know you might feel a little vulnerable, and you were you were caught off guard, right? I could tell by the way you you were like, oh, I don't know, I can have to think about it. <laughs> I don't know, oh, right. And many people do that with these, of course, of mm. course, it's 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 something out of the blue mm. that takes vulnerability. To, and we're in public, right? I mean, at least, or at least you know, list, you know, most people do this privately or in mm. small groups, mm. <laughs> so that reduces. But you're like again braver doing it on a podcast. <laughs> um, so so start there. Embrace the vulnerability. Know you might feel a little nervous, okay? And take a deep breath, and stay with your heart. Allow yourself to say what comes to mind, which is exactly what you did. I'm sure you just, mm -hmm. you let your creativity come. You let your mind come on board and you, you said what came to you. Yes. Um, I imagine at least that's what it looked again from the outside. I can't really say what your internal process was. It's just how it looked as I observed you. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else to, uh, listen really deeply to eliminate distractions, to, to either shut your ringer off on your cell phone mm. or turn the whole thing off and to not have the distractions of modern devices. Our modern devices are very convenient. They have their place. They do make life easier in some way, and they can take us out of the present moment. This is very much an activity about being in the present moment, having a real live experience with a human being, mm. not just, you know, through um, social media, yes. for instance. Yeah, it's, it's very important for us to have such conversations with people, especially people that we love, people that are very close to us. It helps us to open ourselves up to them and also help them to open themselves up to us and, you know, connect even in a much more deeper level. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And I'm glad you, you, you had this conversation with, like, the happiest people that you know. And I would love to learn some of the lessons or know some of the lessons that you learned from these happiest people around you. So there's like 18 or 20 chapters. I can't even remember the number offhand. Um, so all kinds of things. Happier people are grateful. Happier people set the foundation by taking really good care of their bodies, Toby. They um, eat well. Uh, they sleep. They get downtime. They move their bodies. They um, are in alignment with their values. Um, they um, honor who they are. All those things. All those are important. And by far, the top things, as I said, and I'll, I'll go into a little more detail now, that happy people do, and you are clearly a master at this with how connected you are with your family. And I imagine you have great relationships with friends as well. Happier people connect really deeply with other people. So they have people who um, they can count on. They have people they spend time with. 
they are seen and loved and they see and love back. Mm -hmm. Happier people, number two, connect really deeply with themselves. So what does that mean? They know who they are. They honor their internal rhythms. They're mindful. They're in the present moment. They're not distracted by fears of what hasn't happened yet so much. And there's nothing wrong with having them. It's just they're not so consumed by that. When, when they come up, it's okay. But come back to the present moment. Happier happy people have learned to let that go, to let that move through them and come back. Same thing with memories from the past. Less happier people, you know, kind of get stuck. And they're ruminating about them. Happier people, uh, of course, we all have memories and we learn from them, but they don't let that keep them from the richness of whatever's happening right now in the present moment. Number three, happier people connect deeply with their passions, Toby. They have activities that they adore and they do a ton of them. And it's kind of like that flow state that's talked about where we lose all sense of time and we lose all sense of ourselves as well. And we're just kind of one with the activity. So again, happier people connect really deeply with others, themselves, and their passions. When they do any or all of those things, and by the way, they're all, um, they all feed each other. So when we uh, engage in our passions, we naturally meet people with similar interests. And so then we connect with others mm. and that helps us connect with ourselves. Yeah. To take it deeper, happier people um, give back. Mm. They do any or all of those things in the service of the greater good. So happiness and the promotion of happiness for ourselves is not just selfish because happier people do more good deeds in the world. They volunteer more. They donate more money to good causes and they do less harm. Happier people are more fun to be around. They spread happiness because people love to be around happier people and they get happier themselves. You know, joy spreads. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. And that's a good thing. So it's a win, win, win all the way around. Mm. Yes, I mean that sounds so lovely. <laughs> that sounds so beautiful. Well, I mean, lovely. The, the listeners out there and myself included are asking ourselves right now, like, oh, Tom, yes, everything you've said right, right now is so wonderful. But how can I become a, a very happy person? How can I become, a, um, you know, happier? Basically, like, what are the things I'm supposed to do? What are the choices that I'm supposed to make in order to make my life a much more happier life? Number one, I'm going to start with the reason I I chose the title I did. I called it full heart living. Happier people live with their whole heart. So this may sound counterintuitive to the question you just asked. How can I be happier? Happier people embrace the fullness of life, the full heart, which is not always happy, Toby. Life is not all roses and um Good times. Sometimes we're sad. Sometimes we're mad. Sometimes we're angry. Sometimes we're anxious. All these so-called negative emotions. Happier people, and I was alluding to this just a moment ago, happier people know this. They embrace it. They accept it. Less happy people try to avoid the so-called negative emotions. They suppress them. They avoid them. They don't want to be down. They don't want to be anxious. When we do that, and I understand it, I'm not blaming them. I get it. Who wants to be sad or down or mad or whatever? No, nobody wants that. Nobody. 
And it's part of life. I think actually for a good reason, which we can come back to in a moment. But um, when we suppress that side of life, we, there's a parallel and we suppress joy as well. We can't help, like it all gets suppressed. So everything becomes more flat and gray. So, so this is what I discovered and it did amaze me. Happier people embrace all of it. And because they do that and they know and trust that these so-called negative emotions are temporary, mm-hmm. And they support themselves through them. They, they discover, and this is why I said a moment ago, I think they're all there for a reason. They discover the hidden gem or the message in whatever's coming up. There's a reason we get sad, anxious, down. There's a reason for it. When we can discover what that message is, we can get our needs met better. So why is this coming up? It's my insides telling me something. So once we do that, then there's way more room for happiness and mindfulness and connection. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate it more. That's the other thing. If we never have any of the so-called down stuff, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we don't appreciate as much how mm-hmm. wonderful it is when we do connect, when we do have a wonderful meal. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Happier people. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about. I can yeah, see it on it, your face. To feel, yeah. Oh, to really enjoy every morsel and the company of this adored person I have sitting across from me mm-hmm. as we have this scrumptious meal, even if it's the most simple meal, I don't know, macaroni and cheese or peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> the fact that I can enjoy peanut butter and jelly with my great niece, say, mm-hmm. sitting across from me, having a wonderful conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it just makes me come alive. That's happiness, right? It yeah. does, I'm not talking about caviar on the Eiffel Tower every every night. I'm talking about <laughs> peanut this, butter and jelly with my yeah. great niece. The, the basic and simple things of life that you know yeah. gives us happiness or makes us joyous. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And earlier you talked about you know you know sadness or being anxious or you know angry all of these things are part, are part of life and you encourage us not to suppress them um you know, sometimes we we believe oh some people that are with sunshine all the time they don't, never get um, angry never get you know um sad um how do you advise us to deal with all of this you know down time in our lives and still remain happy all the time like how, how do we develop this happiness resilience even when life seems to be going south absolutely so here's the thing that I discovered is that like the um, the drive toward happiness, it's basically the same things in resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, they say them in a little bit different order and the resilience people, and they emphasize different things for really good reasons. So in my work, I really discovered what I already said, the connection with other people. And mm-hmm. I, that, like that's where I start with people. Um, resilience teaches us, uh, to start with the body because the body is the foundation. So really attending to, and this is particularly for people who do suffer from a lot of sadness, a lot of anxiety that's very much in their bodies and they need to respond from a body perspective. So really attending to nutrition, because when, we're, when we have a lot of sadness, depression, a lot of anxiety, the very brain chemistry changes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's more inf- inflammation and more um, 
um, chemicals in our body like uh, adrenaline and cortisol. Mm -hmm. So the body needs us to move our bodies more, to flush it through the system, through perspiration and the breath, and uh, really feeding the body uh, solid nutrition uh, uh, so that the brain uh, can even out and become more balanced and attending to rest and sleep. Mm-hmm. So all of those, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two in resilience is the mindfulness piece. So learning skillful ways to manage emotions and speech and our thoughts so that we are not consumed in the way I was alluding to earlier. Yeah. That allows us to be more in the present moment. Then number three in resilience, they go to relationships. So they they say, you really got to start with the body and the mind and then go to the heart and then work on connecting with yourself, connecting with others and connecting with something deeper, with spirituality, with meaning and purpose Mm -hmm. in your life. So it's basically the same things. It's just emphasizing them a little differently so it sort of just depends like like my book is really and i meant it always to be kind of for the average person Mm. and the resilience work came out of folks with long-standing histories of difficulties with things like anxiety and depression Mm. yeah well thanks so much for sharing that tom i appreciate that yeah happy to you know, whenever we we then look at our lives and we have this sadness, you know, clouding our lives, or we have different memories, like you talked about, you know, that makes us down. So from time to time, how do we then learn to accept ourselves for who we are and and bring ourselves back to the moment and live in the present? How do we learn that self acceptance and self love for ourselves, regardless of what has happened in the past? Several things come to mind. Number one is forgiveness of self and others, and probably starting with forgiveness of self. Mm. Accepting these are the choices I made. And often with clients, what I'm doing is helping them recall, even if there's decisions they regret or regret a lot, there's there's a really good reason they did them at the time. Really compelling reasons. They were doing the best they possibly could under their circumstances. So helping people go back and remember, look, this is what you had. These were your resources. These were your experiences. Because it's so easy with 2020 hindsight, with our present day, to say, I should have done it that way 20, 30 years ago. 20, 30 years ago, you didn't have the same experiences. You didn't have the same wisdom. No. You had what you had. You did what you did based on what you knew then. So accepting that. Um, the other thing that I have come upon the last mm, less than 10 years, maybe six ish years, is mindful self compassion. These are active, uh, many of them are, are meditation practices that teach us how to love ourselves. I love these. I love these. Really, really bringing the same kind of acceptance we would have for, say, our best friend for ourselves. And you see what I keep, I keep going back to my heart. I put my hands on my heart because mm. that's the symbol to me of self-acceptance. And literally there's a meditation in the mindful self-compassion work of putting a hand or both hands mm-hmm. 
on your heart. Thank you. You're doing it too. Yeah. And imagining that your hand is instilled with an elixir. And that your heart can absorb from your very hands self-love and that it permeates throughout your entire being into every cell. So that's a very quick example of a mindful self-compassion activity. And even just doing that for maybe 30 seconds, you and I both did it. I noticed because I haven't practiced so much, it helps me immediately calm my thoughts and my mind and my body and my heart rate even. Yeah. Yeah. So those are examples. And there's a whole go, go to mindful self-compassion dot, I don't know whether it's dot com or dot org. It's the work of uh uh, Christopher Germer and Kristen Neff, psychologists, and they have wonderful offerings. There are now programs all over the world teaching mindful self-compassion that I highly recommend. They've made a huge difference in my own life, and I've shared them with all kinds of people who um, often who also have benefited. Yes, yeah. One key thing that I took from your answer right now is, you know, forgiveness. Like you started with forgiveness, forgiving ourselves for what we've done. Because what we did in the past was based on our on our best knowledge, basically, and forgiving others to that or tossing one way or the other, letting go of those grudges, of those burdens, and just releasing them from our hearts, basically. Yes. Those people, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. it could be challenging, it could be difficult, <laughs> but it's the thing we have to do in order to get the happiness that we want and enjoy that we deserve. Well, it's so worth it. I mean, uh, resentments just, um, they really don't uh, harm the person we ha hold the resentment toward. They do harm ourselves, mm. though. It, it's, it doesn't serve us to hold mm. on to those. No, it does not. No. So now that we've, you know, we've, We've, you know, let's go of that, and we are we are free, and we we have this <laughs> we have this self acceptance, and mm -hmm. we, yeah, we're forgiving every of our of our, you know people, everyone that has hurt us in the past. I don't use the word enemy, but of people in the past that have hurt us. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. is, is, is there is there a way we can um you know connect even better on a deeper level? Like I know, for example, your game is uh, something that we could do. But are there other things we could do to connect in the, on a deeper level with our loved ones, with our friends, and be, you know, have that happiness, you know, around us, basically. Like you know, having a deeper relationship with friends, family, and um, having a, a joyous and happy environment all the time around us. What comes to mind, Toby, is. Um... Being in the present moment again. Mm. Um, and I think of several things. One is um, we have a need to connect with people at different levels. There's nothing wrong with that quick connection we have with strangers, say uh, the, the cashier as we're checking out at the grocery store, mm. right? We don't have time to do a whole conversation spark with them. We're not going to do that. That would be inappropriate. But yeah. we can say hello we can look them in the eye and say, how's your day going? And really listen. And, mm -hmm. and that creates a little bit of spark, a little bit of connection, and that does serve us well. Now, we also need deeper connection, but it's not just about deeper connection. We don't have to be always talking from the depths of our heart. So, for instance, um, we could talk with our roommate 
about um, our favorite television program when we were growing up. That is connecting. When we do that and we really share a joy and we're looking at each other and the eye may say, oh, I remember that too. And we're laughing and that's connecting. That is a deep connection. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't want to leave listeners with the idea that the only way to connect and the only way we're going to be happy is if we're, if we're always talking about deep things from the depths of our soul. No, 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 no. We, yes, there's, we need to do that as well. Yeah. But to also just have a conversation with um, a, a loved one about, I don't know, bread. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great. But again, it's how you do it. If I'm scrolling on my phone while I try to do that, it's not as connecting. And when we, when we spend too much time doing this, this is actually a distracted state. We're not fully in the present moment. Now, again, I think there's a place for social media. I use it to promote my work. Um, I scroll. It's a way to keep up with people who I don't see as regular. Right? It's not all bad. But we do want to limit our time because that is a distracted state. Putting the phone down being with the person across from us, that feeds us at a much deeper level. Yes, that's true. Wow, yeah, yeah. Like, shut off the distractions and try to connect on some level. With, you, know, you don't have to speak from the bottom of your heart, like you said, but you know, at any yes. level, you are fully focused and there's no distraction, no social media when you are with someone in person. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. And also, you know, that's, that's about connecting with people. But another thing that I find that brings me personally happiness or joy is, you know, um, pursuing my passion, my visions, and the dreams I have for myself. So yes. I think like some some ways we could truly connect with our our true passion in life. Well, yes, this is not uncommon that people will say, "I don't know what my passion is," or you know, "I am grown now." Um, it's not the same as when I was younger. And yeah, yes, I get it. So on the first part, uh, with people who say they don't know what they're passionate about, mm-hmm. go back to childhood. What did what brought you joy then? What were you naturally drawn to? Mm-hmm. Whatever those activities were. There's almost always a kernel mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And then... It, it can be a risk for people, but I just tell people over and over again, pursue those now. So even if you're an adult and you haven't taken a class in all these years, mm-hmm. go ahead and take a class in whatever it is you're interested in, a sport or a, I don't know, singing or knitting or whatever it is. Find other people with that same uh, uh, passion. Maybe it's playing cards. Mm-hmm. Find other people who do that. Learn, learn the skill and do it. It is a risk. And so here's the thing with risk-taking. I'm not talking about just, you know, jumping off a cliff without a a parachute um, or flying a plane without lessons. No, get the training. Find a way to support yourself. Take a deep breath. Uh, Find someone to go with you, maybe, if you're scared to go alone. Um, you know, work through whatever obstacles come up. Less happy people encounter an obstacle and are more apt to give up. Happier people do take more risks. And think about it, just statistically speaking, if we take more risks, and again, I'm talking graded risks, small steps over time, 
Uh, statistically speaking, then, the more risks we take, the more likely it's going to pay off. Yeah. Take more risk and it's going to pay off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, um, one other thing that, you know, that could cause unhappiness in life of people um, as to deal with when we, whenever we think about our flaws or think about our, our weaknesses. Like now you talked about, you know, um, this, um, taking risk and, you know, it's going to pay off. Um, sometimes we have that weakness of being shy or, you know, being, you know, timid or some or some other weaknesses and flaws that we have. And are there like some ways we could, you know, embrace this and as we become happier? Are there some ways we could maybe change our weaknesses to strengths and that's to make us happier? You know, it's very similar to what I was talking about earlier with the full heart and kind of the so-called negative emotions. So starting where we are. Yes, I, I, I'm shy. I tend to be shy. I'm an introvert. Um, and so I accept that. I know that about myself. I, uh, so I have actively learned social skills. And uh, I know as an introvert, I need downtime. Now, I love connecting with other people. Uh, like like having this conversation with you brings me alive and I'll be tired afterward. So like I, I don't schedule a client meeting right after this. I give myself a break because I know my, my system needs some recharge. I try to take one day off a week because I know this about myself. So one whole day, of course, usually on a weekend, uh, where I don't schedule anything and I let myself do whatever my heart wants to do that day, which is often staying in my pajamas and reading um, and taking a nap in the afternoon and maybe just going on a nice walk around the lake with the dog. So I recharge my batteries because I've accepted who I am. So those are just some examples from my own life. It's, it's, it's just starting with accepting the truth, what I know about myself, but not letting that be an obstacle. Okay. Given that, and so this is true, and I have an intention. I want to be happier. I want to get out in the world more. So how can I have both? How can I honor these rhythms in myself and go out in the world and do what I want to do? It's not an either all or it's a how can I have both? Mm -hmm. How can you have both? Yes, how can I have both of them? How can I embrace who I am, love who I am, and still go ahead and go into the world and do what I'm meant to do or what I want yes, to do. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I love that you use it as meant to do because <laughs> I think that that's really the more accurate one. I think we all come down here mm. with a purpose. There's something we are meant to do that we're called to do. Mm. And to not honor that calling does not serve anyone. Because no, it it's a gift to the world when we honor our calling, whatever that calling is, whether it's making music or painting or, or I don't know, being in sports, whatever it is. It's if, when we are living from that heart and doing what we're supposed to do, that's a better vibration for the whole world. When people are not honoring their true heart, that's when there's harm done in the world, in my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah, I understand. As, as long as we are fulfilling our, our purpose in life, good things, basically, we're able to enrich our own life and also of those that are around us to like impact right. people or impact our generation generally in a positive way. 
Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Tom, if there's, if there's someone out there who, you know, is experiencing depression at the moment or having or going through this unhappy moment in life like you had earlier, um, apart from everything that you've taught us or we've, we've talked about already, how would you advise such a person or those people out there? So, the, in addition to the other things that I've already mentioned, what I yeah. would add yes. is to not do it alone. Hmm. Find a trusted other Here's the thing, the um, most people, if they're struggling with anxiety or depression or a lot of unhappiness, whatever that is, that almost always stems from some kind of attachment wound. Almost always. Because it's an attachment wound, it can't be solved in isolation. It must be solved in attachment. So find a trusted other. It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It might be someone you hire, like a coach or a really good therapist. Mm -hmm. And be honest, be truth. I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. This is what's happening. And again, you need, it's that being seen and seeing another person. That starts the healing. Mm -hmm. in, in the exploration of the problem lies the kernel of the solution, but it must be exposed to the light in relationship. Mm -hmm. So again, that's, it's a big risk for a lot of people. I get it. It may not be the first thing that you do. Take slow steps over time. Start by disclosing just a little bit to your best friend if you're super scared about doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but yet that's the, the other, I think really important piece is that healing must be done in community, Toby. Mm. Yes. Healing must be done in community. You cannot do it alone. Yeah, you can't do it alone. Well, and it's, it's, and it's kind of a paradox because mm. it's also true that ultimately only I can heal myself. That is also true, right? Mm. Ultimately, like the other person doesn't do it for me, but it's through the process of revealing the problem, talking about solutions, then I go off and it helps change my thoughts and my relationship with the problem mm. and my behaviors. And then we come back together and talk about it more. And I go off and I do my own thing. But it's, so it's, it's the shuttle back and forth. But, it, but uh, to not have that connection, that safe harbor mm -hmm. to return to, because here's also what happens. Um, uh, I must experiment with new behaviors. Sometimes the experiments are not going to go well. Sometimes I'm going to flub up. Sure. And I'm going to feel devastated again. Like, like, like human evolution is not linear, right? It doesn't just get better as soon as I meet with one therapist one time. No, no, no. It's over time, back and forth. I'm going to make some mistakes. Uh, human evolution, instead of thinking it as, as a line going forward, think of it as a spiral on its side. So we dip back. We repeat uh, behaviors that don't work so well a, a number of times. But slowly we begin to build new muscles and we realize, oh, there's another way. And, and so that's, that's how humans evolve and uh, develop. Yeah. Yes, yes. We, we develop new habits, new behaviors, and we evolve yes. that way. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I would love you to tell us about your, your workshops and other books that you have out there because I've learned so much from you about happiness in this episode. But I'm, I'm sure you have, I, I know you have other you know, offerings, basically, and I would love the listeners and myself to even know more about them. 
Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm working on my second book now. It's on trauma resolution. Um, and I hope that that will be out soon. And that's all I can say, because I don't know <laughs> any more than that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, so let's see, upcoming workshops. Um, I'm, having, I'm developing a new one uh, in response to the pandemic and coming out of this pandemic, which seems to be moving into endemic. Uh, but we still have a lot of um, um, collective trauma mm -hmm. and ambiguous loss. So I've got a workshop uh, that's coming out in January uh, addressing those things. Um, uh, let's see, what else is around the corner? Um, I do workshops on resilience and on um, a colleague and I developed a workshop on what we call MyTree. It's our own form of mindful self-compassion based on the work I was mentioning earlier. Mm. Um, I teach yoga. Uh, that's usually live, so it, wherever I happen to be, either in Minneapolis or in California. Um, uh, I teach workshops on based on the book, so um, that's on how to connect with other people and yourself and your passions. Mm -hmm. um, I know there's more, but I'm drawing a blank. That's all I can think of right now. Yeah, I know you have this um, relationship reset also that you... Yeah, on. that's basically the the, um, the taking people through the conversations. Conversations. Ah, okay. Yeah. And, and the re resilience re reboots also. Yeah. Yes. And um, yes. I think also befriending the self too. That's the with um, Yes, um, yes, and that's that's a mindful self compassion. Yeah. Yes. yes. yes so I guess yes, I did yes. cover them all. Yes, indeed, you did. Well, I, I really appreciate this wonderful conversation. I'm going to place the link to your website, which has the you know the details about your books and other offerings in the show notes of this episode. And I encourage everyone who has listened so far to just click on the link, get the book, get the fun game cards, play them with your loved ones, be vulnerable, <laughs> and take that, that risk to become a better person. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate this wonderful conversation. It was wonderful. Thank you. Wow, wow. you made it to the very end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'm grateful for your time, your love, and your contributions. Subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast. God bless you. Bye. Bye.